got a new episode of the podcast um always exciting uh this one brought to you by my new sponsor my boy ian mcpartland ian is my agent.com uh ian runs a state farm in the tinley park area uh he's also a regular at uh craft in 1979 that's how we got hooked up and we started uh drinking beers and talking about hey why don't we do like a like a sponsor type thing for for the podcast uh, so now ian's offering you a chance so if you go uh to him stop by his office at 8231 west 185th street suite 400 in tinley uh, you can get a quote from him or just give him a call on the phone 708-444-0556 you can get a quote from him all he's asking you to do is go in and get a quote so if you need insurance or you want you're not a state farm or you're not with a state farm agent and you want to you want to try to check it out even if you don't want to commit to him he's going to give you a ten dollar uh, gift card over to craft at 1979 so you can come in and visit me while i'm working come see any of our awesome staff like josh crane and then maddie cornetta just some badass people in the beer in- industry and get yourself a drink um all it takes is just getting a quote it doesn't hurt to see like what you need in, in your insurance uh ian's just a cool dude he comes in there all the time you might even end up seeing ian there maybe he can give you a quote right on the spot i know he looked at my state farm app app the one day and he was like hey check this out i can uh either save you money this way or you can kind of keep it as is and add a little bit here and it's only going to cost you a couple more bucks every year for for your policy so um yeah check ian out ian is my agent.com state farm dude uh good guy crafted regular uh dudes gents ladies i'm excited about this episode illinois brewers guild i've been meaning to sit down with them um this episode basically might as well be brought to you by pit viper pit viper sunglasses pit viper safety glasses uh whatever that is alex lovingood was on the show again you know he's always one of my favorite but it's the illinois craft brewers guild uh danielle d'alessandro the executive director and then katie long or katie carrier um she was amazing she handles so many great big things and events and stuff for the guild and then obviously alex was on as well so just get some insight into what they do and why they exist they're just great people and it was a lot of fun talking to them actually rolling now see here we go We're, we're we're for real now so in a quiet space in the back of Alter Brewing Company, first, let's start by thanking them, thanking the, the Alter folks for hosting us, letting us use their space to sit down. But uh, today's episode is going to be all about the Illinois Brewers Guild. Uh, so why don't we go around the table and introduce uh, everybody. Start with you, Danielle. Thanks, Joe. Danielle D'Alessandro, the executive director of the Illinois Craft Brewers <gasps> Guild. See, Pleasure to be it. here. I already ruined it. You see that? <laughs> the way she even looked at me when she said it. I winked. <laughs> and what was your what's your role then with the the craft brewers guild? So I'm the executive director. Um, been on board for about two and a half years now. All right. I already want to ask, what does executive director mean? Is there a regular director and then an executive one? It, no, I actually have. I've, <laughs> I think it would just be then director. You just made it up. <laughs> think you ever put the regular up. in front of there? Um, uh, but executive does sound more official. Yes, it for sure does. Mm-hmm. You're more intimidating now. See, <laughs> good. <laughs> Katie Long, but Katie Carrier, I guess. I feel like everybody um, calls you Katie Long. Is yeah. that that's a thing, right? <coughs> okay. It, yeah. Okay. Because um, I, it's my maiden name, um, and Carrier's, I guess, new, um, and Long's easy. I don't know. Um, with the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, uh, this is my fifth year, and I'm the associate director. Ooh, see, you guys are really throwing me off. The associate director, executive director, associate director. And now. <laughs> Hello. Hey, everyone. Alex Lovingood here. There it is. That's the patented <laughs> phrase right there. Um, 
I am the brewer at Brickstone Brewery, and uh, I am a board member of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild going into my fourth year uh, as a board member. You guys got some experience then. I mean, how old is the guild itself? 1997. Dang. nineteen ninety. Like, how many members were that That's back math. in 97? That's math. So I don't know how many years. Yeah. Maybe five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a small handful. Um, you know, it's funny, Joe, when we kind of got a sense of what we might be talking about today a, a little in advance and when you asked about the history of the um of icbg um or the guild um i was kind of like eh, maybe we'll have alex take that one the key's been around in the industry probably the longest um although katie certainly has put in her time and volunteered for various uh, uh craft beer festivals and volunteered with the guilds before coming on um as a staff member uh but i wouldn't say i mean i started getting involved um on the, the government affairs side with the guilds back in 2010. Um, and even at that point, I remember one of um, kind of our, one of my first meetings was being, you know, huddled around a table at Haymarket, um, you know, with a, with a handful of, of brewers that had been in the industry for, for a long time. Um, but, it, you know, that was kind of the group that was the guild um, up and up until that point. Like it was easy to get everybody in a room and there was only so many places you could choose to have these meetings. Now, on the other hand, well, it's just what, it's nine kind of years the same later. Struggle, yeah, now actually. It's, it's kind of the same. It's yeah, almost harder. We nobody need has the space. size we need yeah. for as many ah, people. Yeah, yeah. So there's only a handful to pick from now. Yeah, we need minimum, we usually say like minimum 300 capacity. Good Lord. What, what's the membership at right now? Well, when you have a meeting, when we have our quarterly meetings, you have you know, at least two representatives from each brewery come. Uh, we have around 180 brewery members. Um, so you multiply that by two, and then you have the associate members come, and in planning and contract, and the number adds up. It's a party. It's a party. <coughs> it's not a meeting. It's a party. Well, nobody likes to hang out with us, so. That's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. I, got th- I got a sense about that. I mean, Katie, you've already been on the show twice this week, so <laughs> just saying. Like, kind of a big deal. You are kind of the party. Uh, I've noticed that. So, uh, so Alex, how'd you get started with the with the guild? Um, I, uh, in, you know, I think Joe, we talked about this back on uh, the Brickstone episode. When I jump into something, I just like to be involved and and help and and further it, uh, no matter what it is. So, you know, when I started at Temperance five plus years ago now, uh, um, you know, I, the first guild meeting I went to, Katie, you were there. Was at um, oh, Daniel? You were too. Was at Beguile? This was. Uh, it was a fall or winter meeting. It was like February. Um, but, you know, just from there, seeing everybody there, I was like, oh, this is cool. What else do we do? And I started, you know, with uh, helping with the events and doing stuff like that and just wanted to keep getting involved and helping out. And, you know, it's uh, I, f- I feel like I, I show up to things and it uh, it, it helps. It turns, <laughs> in, it turns into a party. I feel like you're just in it for the walkie-talkies. Cause I oh, it's, saw it you definitely started oh, like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It definitely started like the that. Megaphone so. The megaphone or the microphone. <laughs> Wait, there's a megaphone? Uh, Is it an official Craft Brewers Guild microphone? Well, no. They When they take the microphone away from me, <laughs> I, they give me a megaphone. Um, Thinking it might quiet <laughs> yeah. him. Fobab no, is his favorite. He loves this mic, and he yeah. gets to walk around with it. I feel like he might have had two walkie-talkies at one point during Fobab this year. There was I some like pretty serious security too, stuff. Yeah. That yeah, I think you were wearing two cat two hats, maybe three that day. Me and Dimitri took some people down for yeah. sure. So well, when people get out of hand, you have to take them down. 
<laughs> I, I will take a minute to uh, to compliment Alex, um, although that that's a good reminder that, in, in fact, I guess Katie and I have been involved with the guild longer than than Alex. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm maybe it's my way of, of thinking that I'm actually not getting older. So you know, I, I I can say 2010, but I don't have to like think about how many years that is. And so, Matt, but yeah, Matt that's that's dumb. that's nine years. It's yeah. um, a long time. Uh, but I, I will say, yeah, I mean, Alex is um, just one of those board members that dives right in. I mean, he is at every event and festival and is one of our key organizers at, at those um, at those events. And we couldn't do the work that we do without his help um, and the help of all of our volunteers. But but in particular, Alex has been uh, a key part of, of this organization. And we're uh, really, really glad to have you, Alex. Thank God they have roll-up doors. I'm going to need to walk out of one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree with Danielle, though. He's he's the type that you don't even really need to tell him you need his help. He'll just do it, and he jumps right in. And he's a great, you know, lead by example. Where you, when you ask somebody to do something, he's doing it right alongside the person that he's asking, and it's good. So you're you're a good apple, Alex. Thanks, guys. And I guess actually, it, it kind of lends itself nicely into kind of the organization, the makeup of the guild. Um, you know, we're a statewide trade association, but there's only two t- paid employees, and, and that's Katie and, and myself. Um, so, oh, lucky you guys, so huh? No. <laughs> we, we feel that way every morning, yes. every day. <laughs> we are incredibly lucky. Um, but, but that also means, right, that with, with 180 plus um, brewery members, uh, 150 plus associate members, um, you know, that's that's a lot of work to take on. Um, and so we rely on, uh, we have some contractors that we work with, like our PR rep, Kristen Tassi, oh, who helped, like that's uh, a good segue help, to helped set this up today. To thank Kristen. She's, a, she's listening in right now. We didn't give her a microphone. She hasn't gotten Thanks, a microphone Kristen. yet. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if she wants one either. She looks like she's just working hard right now. But yeah, she's gone out of her way for me personally, just with getting the podcast content and things and putting me into getting me into beer under glass and phobab and that as, as media and just able to kind of get those experiences. So I can't thank her enough. And we're going to need to review those credentials next year. Yeah, you're definitely going to. I saw you eyeing me up. I saw you eyeing me up, but then you got distracted by uh, you and Brando sweeping a category together and you were hugging each other. That was my favorite. I still say that was my favorite moment of phobab, watching them sweep the fruit bear category on stage day. while they're working and then swinging each other around in their loving arms. The greatest thing is that they had no idea. It was beautiful. We knew, and they were... And you guys already knew. Oh, yeah. I mean... You sons of bitches. But there's a... <laughs> it's really hard to look them in the eye and and not <laughs> like, spill the beans. freak out. But and, and that just goes maybe to Phobab. You know, um, five years I've been involved with Phobab now. Um, when, when I first started getting involved, you know, the, the whole team kind of... Everybody kind of knew who the winners were. Um, and then now like this year, there's two, three people, uh, and that's the Danielle and Katie and, um, the people who run the, the competition side of it that, that, that know. So it's like, uh, you know, everyone, even in the last few years, like, Oh, did we win? Did we? I was like, yeah. I have no clue. Yeah, like I, I really seriously don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. They're like, so Alex is easy. He'll, he'll tell us. I don't it's know more fun when it's a surprise for you guys too. I think so. It's, it's so honest and true of your reaction. And, and I mean, if you would have known, you and Brando would have known because you were up on the stage, like it wouldn't have been as, the, the reaction out of the two of you wouldn't have been as 
exciting. It was very exciting. Well, it was funny because they were working. You know, they were working and they were taking pictures with all the winners. Yeah. We had to <laughs> wrangle them back in. We're, we're like, you still have a job. <laughs> jumping over there. Saying, yeah, I saw Mike Talon was at the, at, the, at, the, at the stairs kind of guiding people off. And they were taking pictures with all the winners yeah. as they go through. And then all of a sudden they just started announcing one after another. Is it Luxardo? The, the Luxardo yes. cherry? Uh, Barley wine with Luxardo yeah. cherries. Oh, how about that? Delicious. That was the a fact g- that you remember that is incredibly that was, impressive. Uh, I, that was I, a great moment. I, I know it's the fruit category. Yeah, but I, you knew it was fruit beers. That's, that's what I know. Well, I brewed the beer. So. Actually, that was my first, uh, Ed Brickstone, that was like my first recipe was the barley wine. So like three years later to win something for it, I was like, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that had I wore the medal. You for, secured your job. I wore the medal for one week longer. after. You should I definitely. I did not take have. it off. I'm surprised so. you. He's only still a wearing week, the medal. It's yeah. under his shirt right now. Yeah. Yeah. just don't know. He's got a suntan mark right on the chest <laughs> yeah. where it dangles. Oh, that's great! No, that was a that was a great moment uh, for. Well, I mean, th- this year you're talking about like keeping the secrets or like you know who knows, and the fact that just that they had to be hard this year with so many Chicago breweries and Illinois breweries that just killed it this year. I mean, there was winner after winner after winner from the the state. So, I'm guessing most all of those are members. Illinois brought their game this uh, year uh-huh. or last year. See, personally, I feel like 2018 was lower. On the Illinois winners, I don't know if you guys remember 2017, but 2017 there were a shitload of Illinois breweries that won, and I feel like the number was. Maybe we can do some research and really, this and yeah, so many. We're gonna have to, to do, do some stats. That would here. be a good idea. I would like to. Anyone see out that. there listening feel like digging through yes. the archives? We'd be happy oh, to have those numbers. I believe we have the archives on the website. Oh, we go. do actually. www. That information Fobab. is available. Fobab.com. Yeah. Dot com. There you go. The guild also has its first intern. This what? year, so wow. What is could, that uh, position like? Is that just Alex screaming at you and throwing stuff at <laughs> no, you? No, like it's what? it's it's. <laughs> What's that job? It's a man who I think is you know terrified every time we meet in the office, and he's like, "What are you, you going to have me do today?" And I'm like, "We're going to have so much fun today. You're going to research beer franchise law." And you're going to research just elected officials and where their breweries are, what breweries are located in what districts. And, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And he's like, I don't know what I got myself into. Sure he does. It's going to be fun, right? Is college kid? Like, he's, he's still in school? Yeah, he's oh a senior God. at Roosevelt University. Oh, my God. How did you even pick that? Like, how did you guys pick that scholarship? Or that, not scholarship, that, that internship? So this kind of goes back again to having, you know, just uh, two paid staff. Um, you know, when there were some projects that I in particular wanted um, done. So in, in Illinois, we have, um, not that folks necessarily are interested in this, but we have 118, we have 118 uh, state representative districts, um, 59 state senate districts, and then we have 18 congressional districts. And so, um, it, you know, it was the State Board of Elections puts out a map of Illinois that's broken down by district. And so one of the projects that I had really been uh, had, had been wanting to, to get done was to, you know, identify where all those elected officials are in their districts with a picture and then where all the breweries in Illinois are located and, and connect those, right? So you can see where there are pockets of breweries located. You can see um, what legislative district th- districts those are in. So when you're talking with, um, with those legislators in Springfield, 
it's an easier conversation. You have you know those those facts more readily available. Um, but from a timing a time standpoint, I stand the time to do it. And so I'd really been interested in in bringing on an intern for uh, for a year or so, and um, and finally was able to make that happen. So for this first year, uh, connected with a professor at Roosevelt University. Going forward, we'll probably expand that to, to maybe Roosevelt, DePaul, Columbia, et cetera. Um, but for this first go around, it was, you know, got some, some resumes in and interviewed some folks and, um, it's been really nice to, to have someone there that can, <laughs> can do those types of projects. Yeah. That's, that's an undertaking right there. So I just, I'm just curious is, uh, is there any reasoning behind Roosevelt? Do they have, do they have a program or something that, that ties in at all? I mean, cause my first thought would be like COD. I know they have like their program, uh, you know, grabbing somebody out of like Siebel, uh, <laughs> Sure. Um, although that's definitely more on, on well, it, for College DuPage, the business of craft brewing, right. um, Siebel more yeah, on, yeah. on the brewing, the technical aspect of it. Um, you know, my background is not in, in brewing. Um, I've never worked right. at a brewery before. Um, I know that there's four ingredients that go into a beer. I know that, you know, you, you dump you it into them? a mash ton. I can name it. Hops, she can, yeah, she's got malt, it. water, and yeast. There we go. Bam. Got it expect like a star or she's something getting, she's getting the tattoo you know. i'll edit some song like a nice the more you know that'd, song be, in that'd there. be really great <laughs> thank you um i mean katie and i have have had the opportunity now um to brew with a couple of our members but but again right like, i mean i i have no experience in that so um for for an intern that's working with me it's, it's definitely more on the organizational side and and the the government affairs side um so you know someone that's downtown that can be available to come into the office. Um, Roosevelt, I think, is uh, has a pretty diverse um, uh, student population, um, and so that that's important um, uh, to to the guilds. Um, and and yes, I someone did actually from Choose Chicago uh, connect me with a professor at Roosevelt University. So that was how that conversation initially got underway. Mm, okay. So now would this be like a regular occurrence now, like where people can possibly like apply for this down the road or? I hope so. Yeah. I hope that's what it turns into. It seems like a cool thing. I mean, those you can't can't buy those type of kind of experiences and connections. At least that's what we're going to tell them, right? Right? Wink, Absolutely. Wink. No. Well, when I, I came, uh, Katie and I had a meeting um, actually at a brewery, and uh, as, as we were leaving, um, one of the brewers was like, "Hey, let me, let me send you off with some beer," and and so he he provided me like two or three cases of beer, and I was like, "What am I going to do with all this?" And I was like, "The intern." <laughs> There you go. <laughs> so I brought like two cases into the intern. I was like, would, would you like some beer? And, like I mean, beer? his eyes just lit up and um, he was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there are some, there are some definite perks um, interning with the, with the craft brewers guilds. Yeah. That sounds awesome. It's like when I go to Brickstone for podcasts, Alex just sends me off with random beers. Right? Yes. See, it's a, it's a thing that they do in this world. <laughs> They're like, hey, I can't give you anything else, but I got beer. Good form of bribery. Yeah, right? I mean, why not? <coughs> I mean, don't say that. We don't do that here. <laughs> That's no bribery. Uh, it's a good segue into kind of uh, just listening to you and uh, the confidence that you talk about the congressional districts and the way it broke down. Like, you obviously have some sort of a brain for that. Uh, for, so, you, so you have a political back background or anything or, like, a business background? 
political, uh, worked, uh, did a brief stint in the governor's office uh, right after college, majored in political science. Um, I had the, the unique opportunity to, uh, to work under the Blagojevich administration. Um, unique, is that the word? That's unique it. is the word. Uh, you know, for the, for the first like several years, you just don't talk about it, right? You're just like, it was a previous administration and, and you just don't say the name. Um, and, and then now, you know, it's, uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as the, my first job out of college, you, you, you'd absolutely don't expect to, um, to come into the office one day and to have FBI agents raiding your boss's office. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it really was, um, it was just a different experience. Um, and, and, and the camaraderie though, that you, you build, um, with your other colleagues, um, that are going through the same exact thing that you, you know, the, the same questions, um, uh, the same unknowns, um, you know, I think really laid a foundation then going forward. And, and so then um, I started contract lobbying, uh, did that for seven and a half years. Um, and, and so worked with various organizations, um, representing them before the state legislature and state agencies, governor's office. And uh, one of those clients was the, the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. And so worked on um, all the, the various legislative initiatives uh, that we've gotten passed over um, the last, uh, you know, nine years or so. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, had the, the ability to work at least in the beginning with the, the board for the guild. Um, and then of course, coming on then as the executive director, having an opportunity to work with, um, you know, all of our members. And, and so, you know, I think though, from the board's perspective, they really, uh, you know, they found that um, the relationships um, and the experience with the, the legislative piece, um, you know, core to what they were looking for, um, I think to help really balance out too the staff. Katie, you know, does an exceptional job at running um, our festivals, um, just has um, a knack for finding a good deal and, and, and she's incredibly resourceful um, and, and knows all of our members. Um, and, and so, you know, she, you know, I try to give her as much autonomy as possible when it comes to, to, to organizing, planning those events. And then it allows me though, also to, to focus on, on my background, what I do well, and that's that legislative piece. And so right there, the promotion with our festivals and, and the, the lobbying aspect, um, for our advocacy, I mean, that's two out of our three main you know, goals right there for, for the guilds. And then you add in the education piece. Um, this will be our third year that we're doing a, a conference and a trade show. Um, we also do uh, technical seminars at our quarterly meetings. So we, um, you know, have worked hard to, to keep an active technical committee that meets to, to come up with ideas and identify speakers for that. So it's been, a, you know, I think we complement each other and balance each other out really well with our strengths and, um, and, and what we're able to do on behalf of our members. So uh, what do you find on the legislative side? Like, do you guys have meetings on the regular about that kind of stuff too? Like, is there, when I'm, when I th hear that, I think about like, you hear a lot of taproom talk and people you know, like Illinois has some archaic laws, you know, that kind of in inhibit what some of these smaller independent craft brewers can do. Like, do you, is that something that you guys are advocating for all the time? Is that something you guys are always digging through? Like, how can we make this a little bit better? Um, I mean, just recently with Rauner putting, uh, you know, you can have cider in your tap room now. Uh, like the, are these things that you guys are, are part of as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, we're the ones that lead those initiatives. Um, so, you know, last year when, um, I mean, really the cider um, component 
and the offsite warehousing came from, a, you know, I will, Katie often joins me for different brewery visits. Um, I think one of those in particular, though, um, I was on my own. And, and so it's just talking with our members and hearing, hey, what, what's going well, what's not? Um, you know, is there anything that, that's been that's been difficult um, from a licensing standpoint? Is there something you can't do that you want to do? And um, and just spending time um, getting to know the, the brewery and the business. And so I we had a couple of members that were like, we'd really like to be able to sell cider. It's, an, it's a gluten-free option, um, you know, for, for people that can't drink beer or don't like beer. Um, and then another, uh, another handful of uh, brewers that were like, we'd really like to be able to store beer off-site um, so that we can free up some space in our brewery and put more equipment in. Um, and so start talking about the, the, about that with the board of directors. And then I identified um, you know, a state rep and a state senator that were willing to sponsor um, that bill, that, that piece of legislation in Springfield. And then, you know, we, we went with it. And, and so it involved months of negotiating with other industry stakeholders, um, working with, we do have a government affairs committee um, that's made up of, of, a, of a board member and other brewery members. Um, so, so communicating with them, um, uh, communicating, you know, regularly um, meeting with legislators down in Springfield. Um, I, I spend a, quite a bit of time between January and the end of May traveling back and forth to Springfield. You mean like later today? <laughs> like later today, um, you know, in, in, in roughly an hour, hour and a half. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, that's that that's critical to, to the work that we do. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because Every state is different. Um, states are given the um, the ability to regulate the alcohol industry um, as they see fit. Um, and so, while Illinois absolutely has, you know, some archaic laws. I mean, Liquor Control Act um, was was passed in 1934, um, but there's been numerous revisions and amendments um, over the past several years. Um, but in other ways, though, I mean, we have. I'd say pretty favorable laws too. And so it's really fascinating. Um, the Brewers Association does a good job of, um, of going through and, 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 and providing information on what different states are looking at, you know, what, what bills are being introduced, um, what new laws are going to affect um, that impact the alcohol beverage industry. And, and, and some of the stuff that gets passed through, you know, I'm like, ah, you that's, you, you've been able to do that in Illinois forever. Um, you know, or like we, that was just never something that, w that was limited, right? Like yeah. the, the, the hours that a tap room can be open or the, the amount of the alcohol content in, in beer, um, you know, to-go sales. You know, th those are things that have, ju that have just existed. We didn't even yeah. have to pass legislation to, to provide for that. Um, but then there are other, there's still other areas that we can, we can continue to, to do more. We can continue to make it better for our small businesses, provide them more flexibility, provide them um, an opportunity to interact more directly with consumers and with retailers. Um, and, and from that standpoint, that, that's good. That's good for our members, but that's good overall for, for Illinois, um, Illinois, for Illinois consumers and Illinois businesses. Yeah, I'm always curious too. Like, what are some of the the current things that you maybe you're hearing from your members right now? Like, man, it would be really helpful if this might change. Do you have any like specific topics you guys are attacking right now, or or at least investigating? Like, in working at a bottle shop now, which is you know still fairly new for me, but just the frontline stuff that I see from consumers, just like, well, I go to Florida or I go to South Carolina, I can go fill up a growler at a, at a Piggly Wiggly. You know, they have a station there. Like, that's something I always wondered about with Illinois. Like, uh, if you're not a brewery, you can't fill up 
up growlers and crawlers and things. And that's intentional. Um, so, so I'll say that, that certainly um, we are working on legislation this year around reforming the beer franchise law. But to, um, to, to go to back to what you said about growlers, um, I mean, Alex, I'll let you jump in on this because, um, it, you know, you're right. Illinois is one of the few states um, that does not allow retailers to fill growlers. That is um, a privilege exclusively for the manufacturer. Um, and we have fought to, to keep it that way. Um, and so Alex, I mean, from, as, from a brewer standpoint, you know, I think that you would still agree that there's value in, in, in keeping the status quo. Yeah. Um, and, and I feel like that one, when it, when it came up maybe two, three years ago, um, it got a little contentious between, um, you know, people who are pro filling them, you know, allowing people yeah. offside to fill them and in keeping that right to themselves. Um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we, we, we put out a, um, survey. Uh, Oh God, a survey. Thank you. I couldn't even think of the word. That's, That's word. why she's um, here. And it was, and, uh, <laughs> and it, it fell in favor, um, for us not to, to go forward on it. You know, personally, um, I don't like growlers at all, mm -hmm. so I don't want anybody to fill them. Um, I'm with you on that, man. <laughs> Honestly, I, mean, yeah, um, I don't remember the last time I got a growler filled up unless it was but off I mean, my there, there's, there's a lot of arguments. You know, some people are like, oh, well, if you can, if you trust your beer to be served at a bar and they can fill a pint glass fine, then that's no different than a growler and all this. And That's not right, um, though, right? I mean, that's you know, more so that and, goes and, into and that. And some people really, yeah. really dig deep into it. And, and I'm yeah. against it personally because I don't like growlers. Yeah. So that's it, it's kind of simple for me. Um, but, you know, other places, smaller breweries, uh, it's it's another outlet for sales um, at something, you know, that, that's not out their door or at the, maybe the bars, you know, since uh, the retail space and even the tap handles in the city or in a given area are starting to get tighter and tighter as there's more breweries opening up. So. Yeah, and you also see the, the, the limited limited ability for some of the smaller newer breweries that may not have a chance to do mobile canning and obviously don't have a canning line or can't bottle on the regular i mean so yeah that would be i could see that'd be a mode i see both sides of it i could see where it'd be like oh why not do this but i also have gotten growlers that didn't last 12 hours because they might have been properly sealed or properly kind of uh you know carbonated whatever it is and that's the argument right it's that if if a retailer is filling that growler and if there's for some if the, if the the quality of the beer is in any way compromised. Right. The consumer isn't blaming the retailer. They're going to put that on, on the manufacturer, on the brewer. bombing that brand. You're exactly. basically giving them the worst possible. I mean, it goes along with uh, rotating stock, things like that. You know, you know at a bar or a restaurant, yeah, they know they get their lines cleaned. They know how to clean a glass, pour a proper beer. You mentioned Piggly Wiggly. How is a Piggly Wiggly Killing trained? It. And, you know, it... <laughs> A gas station, anything, and you can't discriminate yeah. on if you allow it for one right. for others. And Katie makes a good point there. So in Illinois, um, th there is not a separate designation for different types of retailers, right? Th there okay. is there is a retailer. And so if, if you open that up to, say, on-premise accounts, well, then off-premise retailers are going to want that too. And so you know, in other states where that might be different in Illinois, again, there's one type of retail license. And so that's the gas station. That's the 7-Eleven. That's the Binnie's, which I think a lot of people would argue, yeah, Binnie's probably yeah, right, would right. know how to 
properly fill a growler. But legally, there's but no distinction. Dis- there's no distinction. Officially. I mean, okay. if you're going to go to the gas station and get their sushi, maybe mm. fill a growler. I don't know. <laughs> gas station sushi. I'm just not sure. The funny thing is, gas station sushi comes up like multiple times on this. Po- isn't it weird? <laughs> get out of here. Does it really? Definitely come up before. I Definitely. eat Jewel sushi. Yeah. Well, that's totally different. My wife different bought frozen Aldi sushi once, and then no I made comment, her Alex. Throw it away. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> but you know, but like Danielle said, you know. Um, the breweries, at the end of the day, is one gets blamed ultimately. I mean, you see it with the craft beer yeah. trade now. People are trading uh, hazy crawlers across the country, and then when yeah. they open it six weeks later, right. well, this beer's not good. And, and or a like nice fruited Berliner that explodes in transit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and honestly, it, you know, there are so many different sizes now of beer cans, beer bottles, different vessels that people are putting beer into. Is this really the most important issue any longer? I mean, a bar or a restaurant can actually offer to go um, packaged alcohol to go. They can do that. So to say that they need to have a, a, a growler machine to fill these beers up that are on draft to go, that's such a small piece of the whole picture now. And, and again, just with no one's going to walk in and be like, yeah, I really, man. You know, that Bud Light was really good. I really want a growler of that to go. Because, like, it's just going to be so fresh. How, you know, like, it's just going to be you. so fresh and crisp when I open that growler when I get home tonight. No no one's saying that. I mean, again, you you can go and, and you can get your bomb or, or your 7 or 15 milliliter or, you know, your now your 8-ounce little oh, buddy cans that, 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 Hope. that Hopewell, you, Hopewell put out. I mean, adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that, yeah, we're going we're gonna to continue to see a move away from growlers mm-hmm. as, a, as a vessel to, to take alcohol home I've even general. seen it in breweries a lot of breweries no longer really do growlers it's again kind of I, I don't yeah. remember the last time I went in and was like I'm gonna take home 64 ounces of beer I think I mine sat to, in the fridge yeah. and I was like oh yeah I forgot maybe poured yeah. a beer and then it was like well now it's crawlers on the other hand people <laughs> love a good last. 32 ounce crawler they can I mean, last if they're, if they're properly that. done if they're properly done properly stored properly transported kept cold there's a lot of rules okay. that the consumer needs to be aware of uh, otherwise yeah like you said they, they're gonna open it up 10 days later and be like this is garbage and, you know, that's your that's your representation of the the brewery and the mm-hmm, people right. like alex that work so hard to make that beer a good beer and then you basically didn't treat it right so now you're tasting that and it's not a on, gallon of milk you going on the interwebs it, and telling everybody that yeah. you, did, you know the brickstone sucks you know they, they, they t- I, w- I should never say that out loud see it was a joke he's, he's looking at me <laughs> he's gonna put those vipers on and then i'm <laughs> <laughs> Because Tell everybody about your glasses real quick. I want everybody to know what's going on. I uh, recently became an owner of a uh, pair of uh, double-wide mirrored pit vipers. Oh, pit vipers. Uh, they're called the, the Monster, and uh, they're amazing. So They don't mess around. I mean, he they, looks that's like, like that wrestler. Mm-mm. Yeah. Macho Man. Ma- yeah. You do. I couldn't <laughs> place it, and now you're right. He the does. Right, the long hair, the glasses. <laughs> the Ginger cream, Macho Man. The, the cream I like rises it. to the top, yeah. The cream. Yeah, just reference any other episode with Alex yeah. on that. <laughs> Here's some great voice work that he does. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, I saw your Instagram posts, and I just, I don't know. Your Instagram posts are just awesome. People just love it. I hear people talking about them in tap rooms and stuff. It's hilarious. You know, it's, it's funny. quite uh, the internet star. I think about... Kristen, when did you come on? Two years ago? Nah. One year ago? She's signing to us about one. One. About one year yeah. ago. I don't we'll, know if you we'll guys translate. remember this, but in the very first meeting with Kristen, I did mention that I am a social media influencer. You're an icon. Yeah. Oh, my God. You <laughs> did. Um, 
and my fifteen hundred and fifty five followers. So you, you know what? You earned every one of those. All every right? single one. That's that's the deal. He uh, actually brings that up quite often in conversations quite. about his <laughs> social media influence. I'm telling you, he's doing a great job of it. <laughs> I feel honored. <laughs> we're actually we're just going to get rid of the um, the Illinois Craft Bureau uh, logo, and it's just going to be Alex's face. Just wearing some pit vipers. Yeah. The, the yeah. pit vipers. With, with the pit vipers. I think going to take him to another level. Long, curly red hair. Yeah. And the beard's coming back. Thank God. Thank you for <laughs> keeping that beard, uh-huh. by the way. Oh, yeah. That mustache was good, though. Just wait till NASCAR weekend. It's oh, it's going to be, yeah. Uh, oh, the whole thing's changing. Sleeves optional all week. <laughs> what are sleeves? Sleeves optional. <laughs> wait, you, you're going to be you're gonna cut your hair? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I think he's saying he's going to have a creepy mustache or some kind of yeah. creepy man. I don't know. He could come back. I mean, r- mullet. I mean, <gasps> let's talk about. Works. No, let's I, talk I, about. I, I have been talking about doing um, St. Baldrick's. So but something might work around that okay. same time. So they're just going to do the top and <laughs> leave the party <laughs> in the back. <laughs> I think that's the move, right? Yeah. Well, I'll be at NASCAR, so racing stripes are going to have to happen. Oh, well, so I was thinking, though, like kind of like a Chris Hemsworth thing. You know, he had the long hair in Thor and yeah. then cut it, and now he's in this new Men in Black movie. Um, and it's short, and like he just... She doesn't, I'm like Sam. I, I, I would probably he just looks tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably lose my power if my hair came off. At That's this point. true. You are a lion. Samson. He's very much a lion. I, be- I believe. Yeah, he's recognizable too. See, uh, so b- the guild stuff uh, we talked to quickly about. We got bogged down in one topic, I guess. Uh, specific. Pit vipers, what are yeah. some? Of, what are some? No, not that. That oh. was, that was me. That was all me. I'm just talking about the actual. Uh, uh, legislative side of things but but what are some of the other things that you that you guys are looking at now currently uh legislatively so um we have two bills that we've introduced um the the simpler one um would be to allow brew pubs a little bit more flexibility in their production schedule um but that's only for those that have um that own and operate more than one brew pub um so brew pubs are capped at five thousand barrels per location annually and if you um, if you own more than one location, uh, we're saying that you can brew actually as much as you want at, at at any location as long as you stay under the combined total. So if you have two brew pubs, so you, get 10. you okay. have ten thousand. Do whatever you want with that. If you want to make nine thousand barrels at one location because you have more capacity there, great. And if you want to do one thousand at the other one, great. Um, and then you know in state law, you can actually transfer between commonly on location so you can transfer that beer then back and forth um so that provides uh, a a little bit more flexibility for for some of our members that um you know are like yeah we're coming up on that five thousand barrel cap um can we just raise it and and sure i mean you you can absolutely introduce uh, you know any language um any legislation you want um does it have a chance of of actually um of, of moving through the through the general assembly probably not at this point um and so that was a creative way um to say Okay, well, at least for those that have more than one brew pub location, um, again, here's here's a little bit of flexibility that you you have now to, to brew more. Um, the other piece uh, I know I mentioned this um, was was looking at amending the beer franchise law. So um, it, it it is refer the name that the official name of the statute um, the statute is the Beer Industry Fair Dealing Act. Let that sink in. 
Say the it again. Beer Industry Fair yeah. Dealing yeah. Act, yeah. or BIFTA for short. Oh shit! I mean BIFTA. BIFTA. I like like it. you just like say it, and it BIFTA sounds shirts? like a bad word. Are there BIFTA shirts? No, there but we should make shirts. some. Oh, Hashtag BIFTA. We should actually yeah, make sure. some. Um, and so that's an entirely separate part of, of of statute. It's not even in the Liquor Control Act. It's it's under business transactions. Um, and so that dictates how, or that dictates the 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 contractual agreement between a wholesaler distributor and a brewer. Um, and so it was passed in 1982 at a time where you had a couple of, you, know, you had the large brewers and you had a number of, of small distributors. And so if, if you know, say Anheuser-Busch decided to leave a distributor they were working with, that could be, you know, 30, 40 plus percent of that distributor's portfolio or their annual revenue. And, and, and if they just left because they got a better deal with another distributor, well, then that the original distributors, you know, they could go out of business. And so this law was enacted to um, to protect those distributors um, uh, from, you know, having a, a large brewer walk away. Now, right, fast forward, 2019, um, and it, it's flipped. There's been a consolidation in the distribution tier. So you have just a couple of big players. Yeah, um, right. You, so and you have some Lake smaller distributors. Windy City, Kozel, like all these. Exactly. Okay. And you have a couple smaller distributors that are in central, southern Illinois. Um, but in Illinois total, I mean, you only have around, uh, you know, 40 or so distributors. And we have over 220 breweries. And so it's just a completely different landscape now um, and yet those same rules apply and Operating so under an old, an old exactly and so if a distributor system. has an agreement with a wholesaler and, and it's just not working out as long as the brewer is under 10 percent of the distributor's portfolio they can leave without good cause but they have to be able to pay reasonable compensation while if the distributor is like you know writes down that that dollar amount that the brewer as a small business owner might not Kay. have that have that money available um, to buy their brand back. And so then they're, they're stuck in this agreement that they can't get out of. And it, particularly when it comes to some of the larger distributors, um, it, you know, they're, they're focused on volume. So when you have, say, a Lakeshore Beverage that sells AB and Goose Island, right, e even though you might make more money, you know, per case off of the, the craft brand, by a volume standpoint, they're right. making far and away more money from selling right. Bud Light. And so their attention is going to be on continuing to move Bud Light and some of these smaller brands might get, might get lost. And that's not to say that, that's just human nature, right? And so if the, if the, if the brewer wants to um, uh, you know, go into the agreement, try it out, that's great. But if it's not working out, then that brewer should have, have some more rights um, or the ability to say, hey, it's not working, you know, we're going to terminate this agreement. That's the one thing I, I hear to uh, another gripe that you hear in the, in the beer community is, uh, you know, self distro, uh, for, for brew pubs, you know, that's something that people don't, don't know. I don't think a lot of consumers know it because, you know, you see it from the consumer side. It's usually like, man, why doesn't, uh, like more brewing have a bunch of cans and on shelves, you know, like these, uh, open outcry, mm -hmm. these, these brew pubs. And it's hard to explain to people like, well, since they have food, they're not allowed to package and ship, you know, get their own beer. Or they can go through distributors. Sometimes they don't make enough beer. I mean, there's a number of different so factors there's, there's that actually, play actually it. way more nuances. Yeah. Right. Than, there's than so much nuance, that. like everything else. Right. Um, so is this something that's like a concern? Like, what, what, cause I, I'm in, I like the growler issue. You guys fell on the opposite side that I was anticipating, but once you explain it, I get now I get where you're where you're coming from with that. So with this issue, is this something that you? 
that you guys want to change or you're like, no, this is good the way it is? In terms of the beer franchise law? Uh, well, just like the brew pubs being able to distribute or self-distro or not be able to. Um, I've heard people accuse, you know, like, oh, they're breaking the law the way they distribute. I don't understand all the rules. I don't have, you know, that deep of knowledge of it. Uh, yeah, so we were actually recently asked to and, and then did um, last month present before the Illinois Liquor Control Commission on the state of the industry, the history of, of the Illinois Craft Brewers Guild, um, you know, challenges, concerns, threats, opportunities that we see going forward, um, you know, long-term legislative goals. And so in the in the long-term legislative goal um, section, I, I did address um, brew pub self-distribution. Um, this, this is where that nuance comes in, though. Uh, the challenge is, is that a brew pub is like is classified as a specialty retailer. So if you allow self-distribution for brew pubs, does Binnie's want to self-distribute? Does another bar or restaurant want to self-distribute? You've, you've kind of opened that door where, you know, yeah, we can legislate that and we can put parameters on and it's kind of what we've talked about. You know, you self-distributing up to, you know, say 500 um, barrels annually within a, you know, 20 mile radius. Um, because for, for brew pubs, most of the time, at least in, in you know, when, when, brew, when brew pub owners are talking to Katie and me, it's, it's, hey, you know, we really, we want to collaborate on a beer with the restaurant down the street. We'd love to be able to bring a keg over and, and they can put that on, um, on draft. And and it makes sense. I get that. It's hard um, to but, but from get a licensing the common standpoint, sense stuff to like the actual big picture stuff. Exactly. Yeah. But now brew pubs though have have other rights that our brewers have. Um, they brew pubs can pull special event permits to participate in farmers markets to throw their own event off of their licensed premise. Um, and in tap rooms uh, via brewers cannot as manufacturers. Um, so again, there's, there's nuances there. There's advantages and there's disadvantages to those licenses. And so if you're you know, thinking about going into the craft beer industry in Illinois, spend some time reading the laws, um, ask questions. You know, if you're thinking about getting one type of license, know what that license does and doesn't permit you to do. And, and it's not that you can't switch at any point. And we had a, a member that was licensed as a class one brewer so they could self-distribute. And then they really wanted to be able to sell um, wine um, out, of their, um, out of their location. And they also wanted to be able to participate in these, in these festivals out, off their license premise. And so I was like, oh, well, are, are you anywhere close to producing 5,000 barrels? No. I was like, you can reclassify, you can relicense as a brew pub then. And then you can serve any type of alcohol you want um, on your premise. You can pull these special event permits. And that's exactly what they did. And they might revisit that then at some point if they get close to that 5,000 barrel cap. But, you know, there, there are avenues, you know, to be creative. And, and again, you know, we... I think, you know, from what I have at least talked with, uh, with board members and, 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 and brewery members is we do have a pretty good license structure here in Illinois. And so, again, we're, even when I talk about beer franchise law, we're not looking to upend, you know, the, the three-tier system. Um, you know, our brewers rely on a viable and strong second tier to be able to deliver that product. I mean, Brickstone doesn't want to have to hire, you know, no. purchase trucks, um, equipment, um, drivers, more sales reps to, to do that job. Um, but it's about making these incremental changes saying, okay, no, this is a little outdated or the industry's changed now. How can we address this challenge again, to make it more favorable for, for our small businesses? 
at the speed in which legislation and, and politics can move in this in any state, especially in Illinois, uh, combined with the speed at which this industry just bubbled up and just got crazy, like I couldn't imagine being able to be prepared in any timely manner to meet all of these needs and and all these variations of needs uh, from different sizes and different. You know, you're newer, you're smaller, you're bigger. How much you're producing, like it. It's uh, there's common sense stuff. When you hear those complaints uh, like, like, why, why can't I do that stupid that I can't just send my keg down here or whatever down the street? But uh, like, like we talked about, there's so many nuances that I think people don't bother with that they don't want to talk about. Uh, but to be able to move that forward for everybody has different ramifications for all sizes and all scopes. Yeah. And I, w- I wouldn't say that, that by and large they're just not bothering to know. It's complicated. You know, yeah. I mean, when we're down in Springfield um, and we're talking with legislators, you know, we talk about having your 30 second elevator pitch um, right. because sometimes that's the, that's as much time as you have with the legislator. Um, you know, as, as uh, you know, I would say just as someone who's who's going down to the Capitol to lobby for a day. Um, but, you know, even for us, I mean, which is why, you know, I'm here and, and why we, we have a contract lobbyist, because we spend time in the legislator's office or in their district office um, or, or setting up visits or time for them to come out to a brewery in their district to walk through this stuff. Because again, it, it's just complicated. Um, and when you have, uh, you know, you know, when you have a brew pub that's licensed as a retailer and, and a class one, and a class two and a brewer's license and, you know, you have different self-distribution levels and you have, you know, places can serve food or they can't or, or they can serve wine or they can't. You know, you just you, you, you get into all of this and all of a sudden people are like, uh, wh- uh, what? Can you guys just <laughs> like too fig- much. Can yeah. you guys just like figure this out and like come back when you when I can just, you know, give my give a thumbs up um, and, and, and vote yes. So it, it's just, it, it's hard. It's not as easy. And so I, I, you know, I, as much as this is the, where, again, we try to, to continually educate our members. Um, we have a member resource page now on, on the back end of our website. So, um, whether it's legislation or a PR toolkit or legal resources, um, you know, our members can go and, and, and check that stuff out. And so we encourage them to do so again, so that they understand what's actually in you know what they're permitted to do and what they're not and this goes all the way to the top too um <laughs> daniel and this might be i don't recall it but uh when we had the uh, the bill signing last year for um we were down signing it to steel and we were talking to uh then governor rauner and he was just like uh, and you might remember exactly but we were talking about something he's like well why can't you do it and we were like <laughs> Well, we can't. So, <laughs> do you do you remember exactly what that was, or? I, it, Are you putting her on the spot? Now? No, so I, I am, but I, 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 I was trying on, to dude. remember. But it was it was maybe I do, I do it was remember. something around like brew pubs, if I remember. And it, he literally he was like, "Well, why can't you do it?" And we were mm-hmm. like, "Because it, because it's not permitted in state law." <laughs> law says we can't. So it's just, yeah, and he was it's, like, "Oh, all right." It's got to be hard to translate this stuff. For them, you know, for somebody who's not in the trenches of it all the time, it's like you have to find this way. Like you talked about the 30-second elevator pitch. It's like you have to find some way to decode this thing and get it boiled down to something that, you know, could possibly make sense to them and, and you know, have any effect, right? Mm-hmm. 
now see, I, I put us in. I put us in the weeds on uh, on legislation and stuff. Like, let's talk about some other stuff that the guild can, can does. I, can I pop yeah. in on no, the legislation thing yeah. too? Um, I want you because to. It, it sounds like you know it's just, um, and I think it's the part where people don't see that much. Um, you know it, what what the members want, but uh, Danielle and, and and Katie and 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 our lobbyists they are constantly looking to it if any other organizations or industries put forward bills or language that could affect us negatively. Um, and that's something we have to, you know, decide whether we want to, all right, this isn't going to affect anybody in our industry or, Hey, this could, you know, or this very much so impacts us. So you guys really Good have point. to keep your like nets up and your, your eyes ready to, to you get a bit, you can't, it's not just beer. You're not just watching beer. You're watching all their other industries and how they could possibly impact you guys. Well, and that's um, <laughs> one of the comments that I always love most when you, people are like, oh, so what do you do and work for the for the Little Craft Brewers Guild? And they're like, oh, my gosh, that's like the best job ever. You just like you just drink. You get to drink beer all day long. No, that's Alex's job. <laughs> like, but he makes it too. So yeah, that that's what we do. That's <laughs> what we, we just sit back, crack mm-hmm. open a couple beers and, and we just, you know, have a good time. Um you don't know it's um it's it's technical work it's it's um it's relationship building it's it's advocacy it's promotion um and so you know while i'm in springfield talking with legislators katie's you know working from her computer answering 100 emails from you know from our members or from um a, a craft beer enthusiast member or you know from 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 any number of other um uh businesses oh. and so you know, we're working hard to make sure that this industry is well represented in Illinois. We're, we're passionate about it. Um, and when we have the opportunity to work with folks like Alex, it, it makes the job, I mean, that much more enjoyable. Beer doesn't shut down. It's 24-7. No, no, it doesn't, does it? It just keeps on rolling. And sometimes Katie brews it, too. Sometimes she helps, no she helps uh, schlep grain up uh, <laughs> on a brew deck at Skeleton Key on a Sunday. Yeah. I, I will say, and, and, and it is true, I mean, you know, we're not we're not worried about ever running out of beer, and so um, even though we're not spending the day drinking beer, you know, to the to those individuals' point, like yes, this is a great job because I I actually could in fact drink beer whenever I want. Right. There's no shortage of it for you guys, I'm sure. Uh, so what are some of the kind of uh, Outside of that, that real hard-hitting kind of legal stuff, I mean, obviously the the, the events are the most visible thing you guys do. Uh, obviously, they're massive. Um, like Katie, what's more of your day-to-day role I mean, besides just doing like FOBAB and things that people already know? Like, what are your sure? So, member management. Um, you know, we mentioned all of our brewery members and all of our associate members, and um, you know, there's always questions and there's always inquiries and there's you know um, a lot going on and making sure that we're kind of on top of everything. And, and it could be something just as simple as, hey, on, on the website, my, my, logos, my, my logo is not, you know, updated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Something could be something as easy as that to, you know, a million questions or, you know, whether they reach out, you know, Danielle, they reach out to both Danielle and I and, and all fronts, whether it's a legislative question or um, a festival-based question or a membership-based question um, or, a, I don't know, anything else kind of question. Uh, so just kind of answering emails and uh, we're always looking to grow and we're always looking to build our membership you know you're, you're stronger in numbers and so there's always that outreach and um, within that outreach whether they're looking to become that member right right away it's more of the 
the education piece about us and, and, and then also learning about them. You know, what, what are the things that you're concerned with or you're seeing or, you know, what kind of uh, business are you seeing down wherever you might be? And um, also the big sell of we're, we're in Illinois, we're Illinois Craft Brewers Guild. We're not just, you know, Chicago, Chicago and Chicago right. land and we're for everybody and to, to sell the message as well of that, you know, when Danielle's in Springfield and she's lobbying for brewers rights for the state, it's for the state, it's for every one of them and, and to continue to sell that message. Um, but yeah, kind of the trick of all trades. There's a lot of different weird random things that kind of come through. Yeah, is it hard to kind of fit all that, that in your brain to think <laughs> I'm dealing with, I, I'm having to make decisions for the interests of a uh, scratch down in Ava all the way to Lake Zurich, of, you know, uh, yeah. is, is that, that's kind of way, kinda, like how does this fit? How does this a one size fits all for everyone? You know, Danielle and I, we have gone and done regional meetings. So we like to try our best to hit in different parts of the state and you know get a group of people from that area and really sit down and and talk to them and and ask questions and listen and and what are your concerns what are you seeing and you know how can we help and how can we again be this bigger number to you know fight the big fight in that we're not looking to take it all but we're just looking to make it an even playing field everybody plays in the sandbox together and is successful together um but it's hard. It's hard to juggle because when you have, you know, uh, a brewery in the city versus a brewery way out west to way north and, and even southern Illinois and then central Illinois, there's there's different concerns. There's different needs. Um, there's different um, different kind of population drinking the beer. And um, even I think the styles of beer might even kind of be different. Um, so I think it's a lot of juggling and a lot of just listening and you know you can't make promises because you can't you know danielle can't be like i'm gonna go to springfield and yeah, yeah. that's gonna happen gonna take like, care of business i'm gonna make that happen you know she'll she'll do her darndest but um i think listening and just knowing that we're there to to hear their concerns and that's part of what's been fun about traveling the state too and going to different breweries is that no brewery is alike um each brewery has has their own feel and um, brings the personality out of the owners and the brewers um, and the staff and you know up in chicago you know it's much more like in in one of our board members um, emily slayton at skeleton key brewing uh, brewery said this you know she knows that when someone's coming into a group is coming into her tap room, um, that that's not going to be their only stop for the day, you know? So she'll come up and ask them like, where else are you guys going? Um, because you can hit, you know, a number of breweries in the area. But if you're talking about a brewery, uh, tap room or a brew pub in central Southern Illinois, um, that's more of a destination. You know, you're going to spend the day there. And, and certainly, I mean, you can, you can visit breweries or, um, we, you know, talk more about kind of the Southern wine trails. Um, but you can do that, but, but more over the course of probably a couple of days. And so you have more, uh, you know, you have more farm breweries that are located um, down south, um, you know, that are uh, that are foraging more of their ingredients. When we mentioned scratch down down in Ava. Um, and, and so the creativity that's coming out um, from those breweries has been uh, is really neat to, to hear about. But then, yeah, up in the in the Chicagoland area, um, I think we're starting to see a lot more, you know, collaborations. Um, um, and a move towards you know different kind of beer styles um, and and th- and those adjunct ingredients and what you can add into the beer um, and, and 
there is this part of me that, that, again, I think that that's what makes Illinois even more unique than other states in terms of our in terms of our industry. Um, the diversity um, and and the difference between brewers uh, brewers that are located up north versus versus down south. And that's not to say that you know to to pit those against one another, but to say that I think that collectively makes us uh, unique and better overall. I agree. It's spread all over the place. Sometimes breweries do seven breweries on a collaboration. Yeah, we do. Multiple times. <laughs> Even let the guy from Michigan come, too. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about it. We don't talk about no, it. No, you know, in, at, at Brickstone, we, uh, we're in Bourbon A, and uh, closest brewery uh, to us is uh, Hailstorm. Wow, you is know, that all right? Those, and that's wow. 35 miles, 30 miles. You know, it's, it's a half-hour drive, but we actually just got a new brewery in Mantino that opened up about a month ago. Um, Steamboat? Steam Hollow. Steam Hollow. And uh, actually, like, for us, you know, everyone's like, oh, you, you know, all the locals that, that come in, they're like, oh, you're worried there's another brewery. But I'm like, no, <laughs> this, is, weird? this is great <laughs> yeah. because now there's another brewery 10 minutes away from us that more people are going to come down here for and, you know, I more people that wouldn't be as likely to travel down to Bourbon A unless the bears are there you know they're not going to come down in the fall just to see Brickstone but you know they maybe they'll come down and have they'll a beer steam and then come see us if they knew that they could see your face right, right. they'd be down every yeah, day this they is go true. to see the lion yeah. and they go to see the bears <laughs> yes. that's what they come down for and Wait. the Brickstone Alex Alex is the lion I think is that right I'm represented as the lion he's the lion got it okay it's the I main. just always think of lions like it's like more like fierce he's you know fierce. like like claws. Wait, did you, wait <laughs> do you need to put the glasses back on? Maybe you need to put the glasses. Can you back like? On. Can you like like growl for us or something? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a cat. That's good. That's close. See, see, see but that's what you call a I really want a small lion. Highly <laughs> scary. <laughs> Little no, cub. I, I think that's it's Larry. It. I think he it's can be the he can be the cub. Oh, he's cute. Little Look at him. Lion cub. <laughs> Runners in Colorado take down the cub. I want to be. Yeah, there you go. The mountain I don't lion. Get, yeah, the mountain lion. So, but but I I think it's good that Alex brought that up and and it's combined with what you said about uh, about being able to hit multiple places and Alex embracing that that's the thing that's been in, that that made me kind of fall in love with with being a part of the industry now and trying to be trying to get into it when I started the podcast and that is is that collaborative effort and and the helpfulness of the people around and obviously the guild is is, is no exception to that uh, it's all about uh, the helpfulness and you guys experience the reverse way of that with the volunteers like Alex and people that just give their time and and mm-hmm. it seems to be a very helpful industry in the, in the fact that you don't look at it if you're within the industry like Alex didn't look at it like oh shit there's another brewery opening up now we better step our game up it's more like Yes, there's another brewery opening up. This is good. Now we have company. Now we have a place to work off of each other. There's all these little chunks in the Chicagoland area right now where if, you know, if you're well, at Half Acre Belmoro, you're, let going, me clarify. you're going to... I, and as much as I agree with you, if we were anywhere else, um, and I wouldn't look at, oh, that's competition, but, you know, anywhere else there's like, oh, man, like... If you break it down, yeah, you know, in Chicago, you know, they're five miles away from us. In Chicago, let's call that two blocks. Like, if another brewery opens up two blocks away from your brewery in Chicago, there's, you're going to see, likely, maybe, maybe not, um, you know, you're going to see that impact just because there's so many in my, how I look at it, you know, but for uh, a more rural, 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 rural area, rural I thought you, know, you were from Southern Illinois. You really just got to swallow that R. Mon- West roll. Central <laughs> Illinois, yeah. but uh, but you know it, where, where where there's less, you know, another one can help. Um, 
you know, I, I, I feel that's just how I've been looking at it. I see what you're it. saying. Yeah, <laughs> but that's where that individuality of, right. of the brewery comes in. And, you know, you, you noted, um, Joe, like the quality of the beer. Um, I think, you know, that competition, having more breweries is helpful because one, I mean, there it's a community, right? And so we have a listserv for our brewery members um, where they can ask for recommendations if they're short on some type of um, hop or malt. Um, you know, they can send that out through the listserv and um, and someone's usually willing to, to help them out. Um, but it's also then been really interesting being with brewers and um, hearing them give feedback to you know, other breweries to other brewers, um, colleagues and say, Hey, I like what you did here. Um, th- this might be how you, I might recommend doing this to make it better. And so I think overall having more breweries, um, just elevates that quality of the liquid that we're drinking, which is a good thing. I also think it brings more creativity. I think that it's almost like that healthy competition that, Oh my gosh, you guys just brewed a really kick ass, cool beer. Like this is how we're going to step it up or this is how we're going to get extra creative. And I think it just gets like those creative juices rolling and it gets everybody, you know, whether they're going to collab together on it or they're going to do it separate. I think that it just kind of helps keep that upping that game, um, in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. I would add to that too. Um, so now that we're, we're kind of seeing, um, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a move towards loggers. Um, you know, this is part of what oh, we do with that? our... Where are we seeing that at? I think Let's we're seeing go. that. I, mean, I like um, it. I like so where you're on. what I would say, though, is that, you know, at our conference in the summer, uh, again, we, we, we do, we do it's, it's a one-day conference. We do a business track and, and a technical track. And so one of the ideas that we have for the technical track uh, when we're meeting with our technical committee members um, is to do um, a logger panel. And so, you know, we, with more brewers we have more individuals available um, that might be making really good loggers and that's helpful. Um, and that brings, you know, they're always willing to share their knowledge, um, you know, with, with others in the brewing community. And so putting together a panel like that where, um, you know, brewers that might be considering it, um, you know, are interested in it, again, that, that elevates um, the quality overall. As long as Hagen uh, from Dovetail's a part of that, he makes one hell of a lager over there. Mm. Those guys, I, I've he heard that for a couple. List. I've heard that for a couple of years. That, you know that movement towards pilsners and lagers. I have this conversation a lot with brewers when, when I go and meet with them. Uh, it just that hazy IPA pastry stout thing has got a hold on most most <laughs> of the market right now when it comes to it. Right? I mean, Alex, you you know this better than anybody right now. Yeah, we uh, dove pretty deep into those. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody else, for the most part, has. I mean, you're talking, I'm talking generally right now. So, but most people have kind of made that move to it and embraced it. Um, but I mean, I'm just I'm looking down the road. How, what do you guys think? It is that something that you want to see change, or you just let it happen naturally, or is it something that you'd like to push? Kind of like, hey, let's get back to some of these uh, pilsners. This is and what I'll say. But then, Alex, you know, and Katie, interested in your thoughts. Um, so IPAs are still the dominant beer. Um, when you look across the U.S., that's that's still the style of beer that most yes. craft beer drinkers are drinking. Um, and so while there might be this craze towards the hazy IPAs and the pastry stouts, that's your core craft beer enthusiast. And, and yes, they are going to show up. They are going to wait in line for your bottle release. They are going to buy your beer every weekend but when we talk about expanding when we talk about diversifying when we talk about trying to identify new um, beer drinkers to, to to come to the market 
I, I don't know if, right, that, you know, having a hazy IPA as their first beer is, is what's really going to drive them. And so we're talking about women when we're talking about, um, uh, you know, minorities, you know, black, Hispanics, et cetera. Um, we want, I think when you're talking about some of these easier beers like a lager, um, uh, you know, or, or even a stout or, you know, or, you know, a pale ale, you know, that I think is, is more conducive or, or more welcoming, easier for, um, to, to, to start and get those new drinkers. And then you can build from there. Um, but I would caution just saying that, well, hazy IPAs are the thing. They're the thing for, again, our, our core consumer, but that core consumer can only still drink so much, right? And, and so we really, you know, one of our, um, you know, we, what we're talking a lot about as, as a board um, is, again, how we continue to, um, to, to bring in um, new beer drinkers um, and, and so that they can experience um, the quality, the creativity, the innovation um, that, uh, that our brewers are providing. Yeah, you're seeing uh, you're seeing a lot of that um, that kind of change to the market with with adjuncting stouts and all that stuff. But like you said, these are like these core people. When you're when you're looking to bring new people under the tent, uh, you think like that is that something that that like the guild focuses on, where it's like how do we kind of bring more people to the party, or is it something that just you know once they get to the party, then we'll we'll be happy to kind of help or provide information education. We're thinking about all of it. Yeah. All of it, all the time. Everybody's welcome. We want new and old and <laughs> exciting. And um, I think, though, to kind of go back to styles, for the m- most part, there's always going to be those core styles at breweries. You know, you're going to always have that, that core stout, that core IPA, maybe that pale ale. Um, and then maybe do something crazy. But I think that it's just going to kind of be that natural progression of what's hot and what's mm-hmm. going to kind of fade. And, you know, um, I'm sure hazy IPAs and the milkshake IPAs are going to, you know, stay. I don't think that just kind of like everything else. They'll I settle into somewhere. They'll yeah, settle into there'll be something a, a, new and crazy. Maybe like, I don't know, something will make its way back but um i was gonna I say does this katie have a new style here I that know, I'm uh, like trying she's, really she's gonna hard. predict like, what can i think <laughs> of you know um but uh, i think that to just pony or piggyback off what danielle said is that there is it is that core like enthusiast crowd that you know they're the ones posting about it they're the ones waiting in line for it and um it, it's cool and it's exciting but again i think that the the way to get somebody who's not really into the craft beer scene and, and really knows much about craft beer drinking. And, you know, maybe they are that Miller Coors uh, drinker, maybe not even, maybe not even a beer drinker. You want to kind of bring back to that traditional style to, to welcome them in. I think that's going to be the. Yeah, yeah. I've been interested watching some of the market now and seeing like some of the, the moves that's like, the, for example, like half acre, they're now making 12, you know, 12 ounce cans and like bigger packs, you know, of daisy cutter and things like that. And kind of trying to push that uh, into that market. It's hard for the craft beer world to break into that market of like your dad's everyday Miller Lite case that he goes and buys, you know, every right. week or whatever. Uh, now trying to get a craft beer person to kind of settle into that one style because everybody's focus right now is try everything. Right. Uh, the newest, the latest, the greatest. I mean, so I think those little cans are really cool too. Cause it's like, it's not a full can. And, and maybe if you're not, fully committed or fully invested in trying something like 
it's not a full can. Once on you it. have I mean, a sip of Little Buddy, you're well, gonna want the other seven right. ounces. But maybe <laughs> you know, for other for other beers, it's kind of a cool idea. I think that that's just neat and different and innovative. You know, I always used to. Sip, I actually, my husband actually for a long time would always say, I don't understand why people don't can stouts. Like yeah, usually, stouts always came in big you know bombers and you'd open it up and you'd have to be with a group of people because or you just have to be ready to get <laughs> do you have to be with a group of people you really don't do you want to remember drinking yeah. that whole thing um if you commit I, yeah. you're fine i mean, do anything <laughs> commit to passing wow out. Yeah. Um, that's where we went but i think it's cool just even that um that change too and that transition and just like the vessels and um what did i see hailstorm was uh what were those bottles that they were bottling was it yesterday or today the weird or oh those are little that's little like a home draft were, system subscription like mini it's 64 what? ounces it's a growler but it's like a draft port growler oh, in the picture it looks smaller just it did yeah. look smaller i saw it too yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i mean alex you guys you guys started doing cans and yeah. your big dark secret every year now yes and that's yeah awesome. we just uh revolution did our first year guys. yeah but you know like what they were saying like um you know um we sell you know we brew a beer a batch of our hazy ipa and we do 60 70 barrels of it and that sells out in two weeks and it's awesome um but at the same time we brew 300 to 500 barrels of apa a month yeah. and <laughs> has a good beer we cannot mm-hmm. keep that in stock either so it's uh you know and uh we we've you know it's uh february was uh flagship february and uh what does that uh, mean? The, oh, the, yes, the, the yes. BA kind of, it's like, what, what? It's a, it's like a new initiative they kind of put for, I don't think it was the BA, but. Uh, I don't think it was the BA. I think there was a select group of retailers. That, somebody did, and, and, yeah. And some, but, but I mean, larger breweries. And I think that's, you know, something that's good, too. It's you a know, distribution I mean, conspiracy. I we, uh, <laughs> you know, at Brixton, we go pretty big on our, our three flagships. I mean, that's. Uh, most of our production. So and I would and argue, and right, because they're they're approachable. And they're approachable, but, but they're they're tasty. You know, I'm maybe a little biased, but you know, also the the sales show. I mean, when when you have to rebrew it every single week mm-hmm. <laughs> just to keep it in stock, and those the are big fermenters you got they, over there yeah, too. Yes, they are. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 never in stock, and we can't keep it, and that just shows a testament to. I think uh, the brewing, but also the drinking community is like, um, I think they're starting starting to settle on something that they want to have, but then, you know, they supplement it with all the new fun styles and such. Oh, yeah. I've been enjoying, you know, like your guys' uh, milkshake. Sh- that that thing's great. Like, I, I love all these all these goofy styles now. And, the, you know, Brandon and, and Mike and them did their Don't talk the hot about chicken. <laughs> you know, the hot chicken yep. beer with waffles in it. I mean, that, that's, that stuff's fun. So speaking of fun stuff, I know, I know you guys have schedules to keep, too. So let's, let's try to – I, I want to talk about some of the fun stuff and just kind of – if, if we, we don't have fun. Yes, you do. Joe. Here we go. We We're going to get into fun. it. We're going to get into the fun part. Um, just give give a little bit more than, you know, maybe some stories that tag along with it, too, and behind the curtain of, like, what goes into putting a fobab together? I mean, it, it, it's not just a Chicago festival anymore. I mean, it's, Katie, it's a destination Katie festival. Katie doesn't sleep starting in July. Okay. She is required to be at her computer. I was like, okay. oh, it was, it's fun. Oh. How'd you get pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> that happened before. You didn't right? have any There's time no to time. do that. I don't know. Well, if we want to talk about like the anatomy, like how that happened, yeah. I, mean, I want to go deep. <laughs> when a man and woman love each other, <laughs> the baby, mommies and daddies. Yeah. Uh, you guys are talking about all these like new beers and stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what they taste like. Right. 
They'll be gone by the time. Once you're in your third trimester, you can drink away. It's fine. (laughs) I don't even have that. I'm not a professional, so. Yeah. Uh, no, Fobaba, it, it's fu- I mean, I think for me personally, the best part of it is as weird as it is because it's th- like, what, four, I don't even know how many days. A lot Thir- of days. Thursday to Sunday. Thursday like to Sunday. Like the, the trenches. Wednesday night. Wednesday, That yeah. week before, oh, geez, I don't know. But the days that we're all together um, and some of my favorite moments literally are after the festival, you know, we got everybody out and it's literally like you're delusional and you, you have all these like great Saturday night. And Alex has a megaphone. Yeah. Oh, God. That's like the worst that sounds part like of a bad acid trip. But we have all this beer. We're all like, oh, we're, we have all these big grand plans of what we're going to do. And we just literally sit around and we're, we're almost like delusional in that we're just like giggling at nothing and everything's hilarious and you're so overtired and you're just like everything's funny even if it's really not funny and those are some of my favorite moments because you know this industry in general is like a giant family but when we have like a kind of like our core group of people that you know are in the trenches with us like you know because it's not just Danielle and I I mean there's a there's a group of probably I'd say a good 20 of us Mm -hmm. you know in this room and we're all looking at each other and we all work just as hard and you know we're all just as tired and our feet are swollen we all have no voices and um, I I know Alex and I literally like Katie and I get sick every every single year (laughs) every time Um, those are just some of the best moments that you just you don't forget and Mm -hmm. you just it, it makes me smile we drink a lot of um, blue, blue champagne, champagne yeah. this, uh, this past Fobab. This, this year's Tell me more. after hours <laughs> Fobab sticks out. To, maybe it's just because it was the most recent one. I was sober, so I remember just, all of it. it, it, it <laughs> but, but like they said, I mean, it's you, you get the people. And it always just kind of like trickles in. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all in the room where everyone charges their uh, uh, <laughs> radio batteries. So, you know, there's three of people in there. And then somebody else walks in and is like, hey, you want to pop a beer? It's like, yeah, what do we got? Uh Somebody dropped a case of Miller High Life over here. All right, let's let's have that. And yeah. somebody brings Danielle a bottle of blue champagne. And well, we're gonna. That was a mistake, it. though. I, I will know. Um, so so, so people do know. <laughs> that was I want to call them out. I don't. I don't want to call them out. Her champagne got stolen. Call let's start with that. It did. Call it did. Call them out. It was stolen, and I needed it. So the running joke. It's not a joke. It's actually very very serious. Um, <laughs> I drink champagne um, during Fobab. I don't know why it just that's how I start out you know I don't start drinking beer at she thought when they I said the champagne, champagne beers literally she, she was supposed to bring <laughs> champagne yes not she's that. not good at yes. this beer thing and so so somebody stole my champagne no and, brute and, IPA or anything and a brewer no, felt bad no, somebody legit stole her champagne okay it, oh man so yeah so any, anyone out there out. who knows <laughs> who yeah. took a bottle of champagne from there will be cameras in the room next I'm not kidding when she was like someone stole my champagne and was like looking at me and she's like do you know who did it I thought there were heads were going to roll. Yeah. Like she was. going to have to discipline someone. I mean, quick. don't steal her champagne. Yeah, you can <laughs> steal it. I'm going to start from the north. Have like, they sir. been on my podcast? That's oh. what I want to know. <laughs> have they been on? I would like to talk to them. To be fair, Please. they were just trying to find her anything, and the closest place to buy alcohol was the 7 Eleven right down the street. And Bam. And all there was was blue. And, and so it They're was so, it was so sweet of, of uh, this individual. And, and so I, I was like, she said I through gritted teeth. I can't. <laughs> so sweet. I, I can't. If it's if it's anything, that bottle was finished. Yeah. Um, By a were you there? Yeah. Obviously, it was finished. It's kind of more of like yeah. A, yeah. a challenge. <laughs> like I dare. How long can you take? Was a it actually champagne or was it like no? no. It was. Kool-Aid. It was like a <laughs> like a Mad Dog. It was like, 2020? A, it was like a carbonated <laughs> Mad Dog. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> no, but yeah, this year was just was a blast. And and by the end of the night, like Katie said, you're just so fucking tired. I mean, just sitting there, not wanting to move, but at the same time, you're so wound up because this yeah. is the first time you've been able to to sit down without the music blaring or someone you know, talking in your ear, Rahm Emanuel asking you a question. You. <laughs> yes. like, um, it, 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 but yeah, this year, I mean, it was. Uh, there was actually like pictures taken this year, and it was just like every once in a while I'll see them in my phone, and I just smile again. I'm like, man, that was so much fun. Like this, this year was. I will it, say this year was the smoothest year, and, and, and for all of your listeners, um, I'll say this on the record. There's no record. The uh, <laughs> There's always a record. Yeah, there is a record, yes. <laughs> on the record, officially. Um, the guild the secretary is here. Do I need to write this down? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so that is Alex's role. Um, waiting for him to rip his shirt off mm. with his guild uh, secretary shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I got this, guys. But, but, but the metal detectors this year at... UIC forum were in no way um, uh, placed there um, by us or because of any individual any one individual that was there that is just a new um, policy university-wide that for those type of events you have to have metal detectors and so unfortunately they will be there again this year mm-hmm. um, but you know we'll continue to to improve the, the speed at which you know, I we, think it went pretty smooth I always come strapped there's always like that there's always that like one like 10 minute window where there's like seven of us up there checking IDs and slapping wristbands on Honestly, and then it's just done and you're like oh it was yeah. almost okay it almost made it smoother um first of all and to agree with Danielle on that but safety first I mean there's there's a lot of crazy stuff nowadays and um there's a lot of people that come to Fobab and yeah. so you know again this wasn't our decision but obviously we back it because safety first mm-hmm. um but I will say that I think that, you know, we pride on how quickly we can get people in. I mean, if you've ever seen that line that people start at, I don't know how many hours before Fobab, um, we get it in really, really quick. And I think that the advantage with the metal detectors, you know, everybody had their wristband, they were ID'd outside, is that it almost gave enough time so that everybody wasn't so packed sardine in the facility that it, it, it just made it's it a smoother flow. flow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that we really had anybody complain to say that they waited any longer. Mm-hmm. I think the complaint would just be more of like, oh, shoot. The forgot. alarm went off. I had to take my belt off. My yeah. belt I had to take my gun yeah. off. Or it was bullshit. My <laughs> gun or yeah. my knife or my, they had, they had my vape <laughs> pen yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Jesus. I had um, to give all my crack rocks up. <laughs> and it was bullshit. No, I don't have to experience those lines because I have Tassie. I have Tassie communication. Yes, like I said, I we're going to be reviewing. We're going to evaluate that. Yeah, you might want to re- recheck that. I don't know if I belong. I just hung out in the sour room to breathe for a minute. I just want to note that you know media has been invited in the past, um, but but one of Kristen's functions, yes, is is to take that off of Katie's and, and my plate um, so that it's more streamlined and, and more um, uh, you know I you say professional because <laughs> I think for like one or two years it's like three weeks before two weeks before Fobab and, and Katie's like hey um t- you uh so you invited them you invited our media partners right and I was like. You know, there there was something that I knew I was supposed to do, <laughs> and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And yeah, that was it. That was it. Sending an email to our media partners to invite them to Fobab. Plenty of time. Right? But this year there was like a packet. Duh. But right, and but this yeah. year it was. Awesome. It, it, Kristen handled everything. She checked everyone in. It it, it was lovely. I'm and to 
clearly it worked because yeah. that's the only thing Joe can talk about. He doesn't remember being invited in the past <laughs> by me. Okay, yeah. Well, I was I wasn't in existence in the past, so yeah. I. Okay. It's only a year okay. old. I'm All only right. like a year. Oh, and I thought Danielle okay. invited you. She just knew you were nope. going to be something She's just, in yeah. the future. She was <laughs> like, I could feel it. The force was strong. Yeah. Um, no, Kristen, uh, beer under glass. I think was our first uh, interaction with with that. I'm like, how the hell do I get into this as a media member? And uh, somehow. I, e- I emailed the right person somehow and got in contact with her. So That's a pretty cool event. Though, I huh? love I, beer yeah. under glass. There Even is. when it rains, it doesn't matter. It's it's ten so years this year. Ten years, yeah. Holy it's my shit, Last years. year was my first year um, actually where I, I walked around in every room. Um, usually at beer under glass, I don't know. It's like I don't even know where I go. I just kind of mm-hmm. go wherever I'm needed. And I just blacked out. Yeah. I just black out and then it's ended. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm cleaning up now. Um but I actually took the time to walk around and mostly because uh, my uh, parents came and my uh, mother and father-in-law came. Well, they weren't at the time, but now. Um, and so I actually got to walk around with them and, and even in rooms at the conservatory that don't have beer, just uh, to walk around in them with your beer. And I mean, what a cool event. And um, I don't know. I, I love it. And it, just, it was really cool last year to actually experience it for like the first time. Um, and go through my, my favorite room, the palm room. The palm room. The palm yeah. room. Which we joke, calming. but it, it's just a joke. Um, my due date is nine days uh, after bug. And oh, uh, we were saying it'd be a, <laughs> the oh, palm Jesus. room would be a great water birth. <laughs> <laughs> a whole Kristen, make sure I'm on the list for uh, beer under glass this year. Yeah. I, mean, I need to witness this. We're going to podcast this bird. Yes. Uh, Katie, are you feeling any here live in the gonna, palm I'm gonna, room. I'm going to catch the baby. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have it all. Where they have the coins with all the... Well, no, that I'm talking like the palm room. Oh, like yeah, right yeah, you yeah, walk yeah, in yeah, and yeah. it looks like yeah. something out of the blue lagoon. Having a child while surrounded by your children. I mean, surrounded by all my family by will be children, there, literally, yeah. my brewer family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, let's let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> we're we're going to make Katie sit, like not move. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to actually we're definitely yeah. put her in like a wagon and just like carry her around. Don't yeah. fucking move. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Katie, do you want to go to the palm room? Not the yeah. palm room. I'll take you there. <laughs> you go to the bathroom and you go back in the wheelchair. <laughs> if anyone, it. if anyone has a rascal they'd like to donate, that please email me. That would be great. That's Alex Lovingood. It's a two G's. Two G's. Gmail.com. Yeah. We'll get a rascal for Katie to roll around on, give her a stick to hit people with. Now, besides champagne, Pain thievery. What? Give me some more. Like, what, what are some of your guys' favorite stories over the years for beer under glass? I mean, what you had uh, good libations this year, yeah, right? That's that's Brewers Guild, right? That's that was fun. We're not doing it this year. Yeah, it's one of those. One of those. We're, we're taking we're taking a year off. So what we also. Um, what we heard from some of our members with, with Craft Beer Week was, you know, this is too everyone much. everyone loves, in, in part, right? And, and, I mean, it's not just from, you know, our brewers, but that's also then, I would say the guilds, um, but I'd actually mean Katie, organizing two events in, in a week. Um, and, and not even in 10 days, you know, as, as when it was Chicago Craft Beer Week, as it had grown to. Um, but, you know, in seven days, hosting two events. Um, and then it, it, it takes up, you know, two weekends. And so providing an opportunity for our brewery members to, to host their own events on, you know, a Friday night. Um, so this year, we're, we're, we're going to give that a go. Um, but we're really excited, though, to um, continue on this expansion and this promotion of, of Illinois Craft Beer Week and engaging, encouraging our members throughout the state to be hosting events that, that really does celebrate 
the um, the community of, of not just our brewers, but our consumers too. I mean, this industry would not be what it is in Illinois if it wasn't for um, if it wasn't for consumers Bunch and for of their drunks. love. Yeah, of it wasn't for <laughs> us drunks. Yeah, I, I often think thank our uh, uh, drinkers first and foremost when it comes to anything um, you know as a, as a brewer it's like I, I wouldn't have this job if people weren't sitting at the bar uh, whether it's Brickstone or Open Bottle or Crafted 1979 or anywhere I mean this is as sober as I've been during this podcast ever so yeah. I'm actually you haven't had a drop of alcohol yeah today. you haven't seen you haven't seen me shaking <laughs> no, no, no. no but the, I, I was just interested in, like do you guys have any stories like any memories that you bring back that like it's just funny shit that's happened over the years I mean it's got to be a lot that goes we have funny into stuff it. all the time like, like, the, like some of it we can't share <laughs> well that's all right did you guys do the passport thing was that all Brewers Guild 2 this yeah, year passport. so like what goes into that it's got to be and undertaking Work. a little bit too, <laughs> yeah, right. So we'll have the passport again okay. this year. So it was, it was um, wildly popular. I, I yeah, noticed, people like yeah. it. Um, I think people, you know, one. I think some people like that physical passport. I don't know if it's, you know, the collector in them or what. I like um, paper, right? Oh, but I think maker. it's also yeah. kind of that challenge. Like, how many of these breweries? Usually, we have over a hundred. Um, can you hit in three months? Like, and there are people that have gone and seen them all and that's dedication and and that kind of goes back to the hitting the breweries that you can where you can go to like eight you know in a day it's your normal saturday versus going down to uh ava illinois hidden scratch and and white rooster that's right by them and mm, you know rooster. making their way yeah. and um and kind of that challenge and and in a way kind of saying like what are you going to do with your summer like challenge you how many can go you explore. hit yeah. yeah, we uh, and, and so for those that hit 40 breweries and um, and mailed in their authorization page, um, they get a year, um, a complimentary year for our uh, uh, imbibe program, um, our beer enthusiast program, and so that was kind of fun seeing some of those come in. Um, <laughs> you know, like the when did John Bitterman the, the arrive? That <laughs> and did it have more breweries than are even in Illinois? <laughs> uh, he 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 gets VIP treatment um, at this I think, point. I think he's so taken off uh, th- this week. He's taken off about just 12 down say, in Southern Illinois. He has a whole agenda. Yeah. We had uh, one individual, though, that, that mailed in their authorization page, and um, they were like, or, or, or like the, they photocopied um, their passport, and were like, well, um, I was only able to hit 15, but I tried really, really hard, so can you give me a membership? And I was <laughs> like, that's... How does Not, that work? But no. no <laughs> I mean, I guess rude. I appreciate the <laughs> ask, but like, <laughs> that's not how this works. They're rolling the dice. They're saying, maybe, they were like, maybe, it was really hard, like, you know, which like I drinking. Because I was like, oh, well, I could probably hit 15 in a, a Saturday and mm-hmm. a Sunday and go into, yeah. you know, Ravenswood. There's like, what, nine right there. Yeah. <laughs> so. right. The consolation prize, if you get under the 40, was a high five from me. So yeah. I don't know. A if lot of people stuck under him. that 30. Like <laughs> Send you a lock of my hair. <laughs> comes off we would probably see like that should be the grand prize a, a oh. lock of alex's hair yep oh that would be majestic yeah yeah be like they're giving them power racing stripes that's all you I'm know in terms of now. stories though i mean at our fest, at our festivals um I mean, we have funny stories to share I mean, you know about the, the scenes, about the right? patrons well. yeah but at the same time um i, I would i would I'd caution or like I would I would question <laughs> if they're um, you know if we had all of these stories behind the scenes during our festivals because that means then either we're you know not necessarily coherent or, or, or running our festivals um, in, in a way that we should um, and and that you know our brewers are you know over imbibing and I mean 
this is again for the consumer. This is meant to to promote our our member breweries. This is this is meant um, as a fundraiser to help and uh, and raise money to support our mission um, and the work that we do. And so. You know, I if we had all these stories, I'd be like, I don't, I don't know if I necessarily want to go into an event that's being run by you know a bunch of drunks. Um, you know, during the event itself. <laughs> um, so we've had cool things. I mean, like, there's like, been proposals at Phobab, yeah, so that sometimes fun where oh, you walk I in and seen that yet. I did, and I like actually like ran in because someone's like they're proposing. I like ran in like this total idiot. Like I want to see it. Um, there's been a couple, so that's kind of cool. Or um, I always think it's fun where there's like groups and they make it like they'll email us like, all right, when are Phobab tickets? We're having, we're planning our buddy's bachelor party, and like, and then you see them, you know, when they come in, right? You see this like giant crowd of a bunch of guys together that they end up leaving in a chokehold from Alex. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and you also know they were having fun before Phobab and stuff. Um, but if you pregame cool for a barrel aged stout I festival, you are an asshole. To me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, when there are people <laughs> that do that, like they're like a can lot we of bottle people share like in the line. Like do it. Well, what's so fascinating oh, is like last too. year, I felt like it was the first year where there were uh, there were a number of. So what's neat about Fobab though is that it's turned into kind of a week long. Um, week-long event and so you have uh, you know uh, you know bars and, and restaurants and, and breweries that are doing you know kind of pre phobab events now yeah, in the days yeah. leading up to it um, but but even this past year there there were like a lot of events like on Friday and Saturday and so people are like well like are we got to try to make it to all of these and, and, and we're like Oh boy! Exactly. Like, pump, pump, pump you know, like, like taking pictures yeah. off of their Facebook, you know, so we can like be watching for them. Like we, you know, even some brewers that come in from out of town that it's like their first Fobab, and they're all Whirlwind. excited and they're like, yeah. "We're gonna do this on, you know, we we're coming Wednesday." Here. We can go here. And literally, we'll see them on Sunday morning picking up their kegs, and we're just like. Oh well, you did it all, and they're you know <laughs> Katie, they're like green. Like they just spent a Katie month in Katie Bangkok. Just <laughs> it, like it's a disclaimer, devastated. so we provide information about the the whole weekend, the festival, um, you know, to to participating breweries. And, and Katie at the end, you know, notes like, remember, it it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. Like there are three sessions. We hosted dinner for you before it all starts. There's a number of events going on throughout the week, like take your time and and still i mean but the what's really great though too is is the feedback that we get from brewers that participate i mean katie and i just got an email yesterday yeah. <laughs> i mean feb march oh i'm march. so glad it's march Damn, march gosh. um you know thanking us for um for, part, for that they were able to participate in fobab and they had four you know two owners or a brewer and a sales rep come in um representing that brewery and they're just like you know, one of the best events ever. And so when you have a brewery from, um, from out of state that, that tells you like, you know, you guys treat us great. It's one of the best events we've, or the best festival we've ever been to. That means a lot. Um, and that's a, that's a testament to the work that, that Katie and our other organizers do to, um, to make it better each and every year. Um, but <laughs> you know, one of the things funny, I think about Fobab. So we, we have, you know, it's, but the one festival where we do not have brewers pouring their own beer, we have volunteers doing that. Um, and so it's really a time for brewers to be able to interact, network, have a good time. So we have a, a room, you know, our, our VIP and brewers room that's upstairs on the second level of UIC Forum. And that room, I mean, is, mm. is painful to be in mm. when you have <laughs> 100 brewers that have been drinking very heavy beer and been eating barbecue 
Oh, yeah. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Barrel-aged beer farts. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't care that you might be In behind them yeah. or around them. And... <laughs> She is just one it, of, one of the one of the guys up there, huh? It was hard for me too this year being <laughs> pregnant and, and my slippers like even more everything everything. I'm gonna uh, tell you, I elevated. was like this a little is, heightened. This is rude. Like I was getting very upset. Like I was calling them out. I was like, you literally just farted in my face. Like I'm tasting it. I'm sick about it. This is so wrong. It. How many times do I have to apologize for oh. that? Like, <laughs> 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 is Alex an, an offender? So between that room and then you go downstairs and you go through this this hallway that's small enough and I feel like maybe it's just a natural thing. People are like, all right, this is my opportunity to like kind of crop dust. Like nobody's gonna know it's me because I'm walking. Yeah, that's good. The elongated hallway. But the problem is, is it's not like you're not just walking. You're stopping, and so it's almost like they're like, do do do. Oh boy, and they stop, and then it's just like a mix. And and we've tried things at UIC. Like, what can we do? And like, but then you mix potpourri with farts, and it's like a fart potpourri. There's nothing. You know, it's and then we laugh about it because it's, it's the most magical time of the year. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, there's something about barrel aged beers that, Christmas. that clear out. Light it up. I actually have kind yeah. of a funny story about Can Alex. You guys brew that at Brickstone Brickstone's <laughs> barrel aged fart series. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> um, I learned something about Alex a couple years ago. Uh-oh. So we decided that we wanted to utilize hanging signs, um, you know, from above, and and it'd be just really cool. And I think. I think it looks really awesome. And I think, you know, as far as like pictures and and video and stuff, it just looks cool. You have Mm -hmm. these giant signs hanging. Well, I'm not afraid of heights. Um, actually, Danielle and I went skydiving. Uh, Did you last fall, which is pretty Holy awesome. I was, yeah, I was, we, we landed, I was and I like I, I jumped yeah. into Katie's arms. <laughs> like it was the most thrilling experience. It was amazing. Um, but so I go up on the catwalk. It's no big deal. But I'm like, hey, I need help. And Alex was the first like, oh, I'm there. I'm right with you. I learned at that moment when we got up to the catwalk that Alex is terrified of heights. I also found that about myself. That <laughs> he literally oh, you you grabbed know. my hand. I was shaking. Shaking. Was like and he's shaking. like, I don't know if I can do this. I'm like, all right, well, you're up here. So I, how about you just hold on to this? I ended up doing it with uh, one of the guys who worked at USC was able to do it. Alex just stood there literally gripping. I mean, there was probably like sweat dripping off this grip. I'm sweating right now just thinking about it. But it's the weird part is, is I go up in the scissor lift in the middle of the floor to the you ceiling. You went up the next no year, issue. yet still terrified. Yeah. There's it's, something about that catwalk. I don't know. Uh, he's trying to fight his fear, but that's I that's learned. But it was Probably really funny, again. and I didn't mean to laugh at his um, terror. But I mean, the, the sh- grip on my joke. hand. How do, you, how do you deal with those tall fermenters at Brickstone? I mean, uh, those are well way that, up there too. But you're up against. But you're up against I think this yeah, catwalk, you know, it's when that nothing under you feeling. Of it a, literally uh, is like it's literally, you know, this thin walk. It's a catwalk, you know, and then you know, there's nothing in between the the arm bar that you can kind of hold on to and. Um, I think he envisioned either him falling through <laughs> or the catwalk breaking. Wait until you see yeah. that diet take place. He's going to slide right I'm through gonna, those I'm going to get right up on that son of a bitch <laughs> and just walk, man. But that was, that was I think, uh, it wasn't really funny, but it was just an interesting thing to, to learn about Mr. Oh, no, sweating it, just like it was funny. It. Yeah, Let's not just pretend just it wasn't <laughs> funny. It wasn't as good as your oh, barrel age fart story. but. <laughs> I also um, learned at, uh, we had Wells Park one year that, Getting on a golf cart with Danielle after she may have had some champagne or not is terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. So I'm nobody a really stole good your driver. champagne this time, huh? She, there's no hitting the brakes. I swear to God, I think they took the. Grip um, it and rip it. We're just what, rolling, man. 
I mean, this golf cart, I felt like I was going 50 miles per hour, just like taking turns full speed. I think we're on two wheels at some parts. Drifting, um, drifting around the bases. <laughs> <laughs> and she had this giant smile on her face. And um, God, God punished me, though, because I lost a really good pair of sunglasses that day. Did you? From that golf, from my golf cart vipers? excursions. <laughs> then they don't matter. <laughs> They were, just, they were just not. remind you, Pit Viper is not a sponsor of this podcast, mm-hmm. but if they would like to be. <laughs> please please be in touch with Joe. Pit Vipers. I never even heard of them until I saw your beautiful face. Throw them, They're throw the coolest things eyes. in the world. They look like it. So, do wait, do Brandon and Steve have them yet? No, no. I this feel is like you guys should all have them this together. This is just an Alex Lovingood thing. Okay, this is an Alex Lovingood thing. Alex Lovingood here. I hope to hear one of those today. Maybe. All right, good, Maybe. good, good. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so is there anything uh, you guys would want to like kind of, I don't know, just just to let listeners know what, what what it is, aside from what everything we've talked about, that goes into the Brewers Guild and, and the importance of it? Um, I mean, Alex, from a Brewers perspective, you can probably state the importance of what the Guild is for this group of, you know, this extremely fast-growing group of people. Yeah, no, it's just... Uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, everyone wants to succeed and excel, um, and, and, and that's on you. But as far as any hurdles that you need to get by, um, you know, the guild's there to do that for you and help you. Um, and it, just promoting the industry, promoting your business, get, getting you in front of the people that you can talk to about your issues, um, being the voice for the issues that you have, um, you know, from the smallest thing. Uh, to Bifta, so you know, it's Bifta. Just T-shirts, coming t-shirts coming soon. soon. <laughs> yes, um, I would say thank you to all of the volunteers that we have help um, for all of our different festivals, and to encourage any listeners that are wanting to get involved, and maybe they're not looking to open a brewery, or you know, they don't work at a brewery, um, that getting involved and helping and on a volunteering level definitely you know, gets you uh, a different experience and you get to meet the brewers and, and the more volunteering you do and the more serious kind of you get into it, um, the more you, you kind of become part of this family. Um, but also just to the patrons and, you know, to go back to Alex, you know, without patrons, like this all doesn't happen, right? You know, um, but also in in the event down the road we ever look for any kind of like grassroots help and, and look for the, the general public to kind of, you know, keep an eye and visit our website, you know, to see what's kind of going on and, um, you know, ask around how you can get involved. Maybe you're not one to volunteer, but maybe you're one to advocate and, and help and, and be a voice for certain issues. Um, but I think that it's just not, I think it's, it's an all-encompassing kind of community and family, but um, it's brewers, but volunteers and patrons. Yeah, I would just note that, right, the Guilds is, is here to promote the expansion and development of the craft beer industry here in Illinois. And we, we do that as a team. We do that collectively. And so whether it's uh, Katie and me, our, our board members, our contractors, our volunteers, our brewery members, our allied members, um, we're better because we all work together and we all believe in that in that goal and that purpose and we're going to continue to um uh, we're going to continue to promote we're going to continue to advocate we're going to continue to educate um across the board so with legislators with distributors with retailers consumers among our brewery members um we're not going anywhere and the work that we do is is incredibly important um it makes it even better though because you have so many people that are passionate about this work they believe in it and and 
from, you know, again, the, the breweries down in central or southern Illinois to western Illinois to northern Illinois up to, you know, the Indian, across the Indiana border. We're, we're diverse. Um, we all bring, um, you know, a different background. We have so many biz- brewers that this is a second career for them. You know, they were accountants or they were uh, in sales. They were engineers, uh, mechanics, lawyers, um, electricians, lawyers or in the finance industry. Anything you can think of. Exactly. And, and they decided they wanted to do something different. And so, it, again, it brings, um, it brings a passion. It brings an energy level that gets us excited to do the work that we do. And we're incredibly blessed to, to be a part of it and just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to, to, to talk about the guilds and, and the work that we do and look forward to, to having you at every one of our festivals oh, going forward, Joe. <laughs> and after properly being reviewed <laughs> by one Alex Lovingood. Mm-hmm. With, right. a, with a hashtag Bepta shirt on. Yeah. Hey, if you guys get me that shirt, I'll wear it everywhere <laughs> And I if go. you show up with blue champagne yes. for Danielle, All she'll day. forever be in your debt. What's the real champagne that she likes? I'll get her the real bottle that she actually wants. That was, uh, you can't I'll afford it. I'll get a case <laughs> She did say she was one of the few paid pre- people, you know. <laughs> and and that I'm I'm classy. That's true. We did talk about the class that you do exume. Yeah. Uh, so for me, <laughs> exume exume right? Like, ex- no, exume. There it is. She exhumed it. Exhumed. Words are hard. <laughs> yeah, she exhumed yes. it out of her out of her like a. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so <laughs> I don't I don't know what that means. English I'm not good. Worried. Um. So. For me, when I started, when I got the idea to do the podcast at the end of 2017, so it was like November, uh, late November, I I didn't know or care anything about what the Illinois Brewers, Craft Brewers Guild was about. I just, I, I, I was just thinking about doing this and I thought, well, not, I need to figure out who I'm going to talk to and get contacts for these people. Well, je- uh, the first thing I found was the the Craft Brewers Guild site and the members. So all I had to do was go through an alphabetized picture. <laughs> everything, everybody's logos there. I made a spreadsheet off of that, found contacts through Facebook and through email, through people I knew. So you guys were kind of how this whole thing even started for me. And now 67 episodes later and about a year time, a year plus time, here here I am sitting with you guys finally. So I appreciate yeah. that. And that well, website is www.illinoisbeer.org. Well done. He's a company man. <laughs> we're going to put that at the beginning of the podcast, too. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to smash that in the front, too. <laughs> no, so and, I, and I appreciate the initiative and... Um, that that you you've taken and that in in some ways right you're 67 episodes in and this is the first time that you're talking to us because at the end of the day though it, it's about our brewers it's about our members and so i well, i'm I a fanboy i'm a fanboy brewers are like baseball players for me they're like i'm like oh look he's over there like I see alex <laughs> out i'm like look it's alex from brickstone oh it's actually it's really fun um when when you're talking to people that are like that so i i had um my cousin and her husband come to um phobab one year and and actually so they were talking with another i invited them but then we were talking with another brewer and um something came up about the dinner and Alex, it might have been your precious face. I mean, you 100%. might have been like, oh, so are you coming to the Fobab, um, the, the, the dinner? And they're like, we didn't know about it, a dinner. And uh, he's like, you should come. And I'm like, all right. Um, so, you know, invite them to come to this dinner. And they Plus were like, one. <laughs> they were like kids in a candy store. I mean, just to be in a room with brewers and having this, you know, trying this beer. And I mean, it was, it was, it was really something. Um, so... 
Alex, just I mean, you're you. welcome. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've been really buttering you up. I don't know if they need something. Maybe they need, <laughs> need something. Yeah, he has time. no idea yeah. what we're about to ask. <laughs> There's don't, a big ass coming make him down start the road thinking about it. somewhere. They're at least planting yeah. a seed right now. Now I'm nervous. Uh, no. Well, I mean, like even for me, for me, just being a big dork about everything too. Like Alex and the and the group. Alex came up with the <laughs> idea to, to go to the Surrounded by Idiots Day when they first brewed the first stout. They did it at Hailstorm, and it was it was just like for me. I have nine brewers in a room with me, and I get to sit down and talk to all of them for hours while Brando is skateboarding in the background. You guys are, you know, all over the place. So, yeah, I, I like the guys in the industry and the gals in the industry. Uh, uh, they're, just, they're just fascinating people to me. Uh, I, I'm always interested in guys like uh, John Brand who left the futures industry to start a brewery. Like, I, It's always wonderful to watch, you know, a group of people. I always say, like, there's no dumb people making your beer. That's kind of my stance on it. Like, I just haven't t- sat down and talked to anybody who's I mean, there's, I've talked to some guys that build mini ramps while they're brewing beer. That's, you know, that could be looked at one way or the other, but then you shred it on that. Yes, we did. pretty cool. Uh, so, like, even for, for my, my fandom, uh, he, he was at an event yesterday, and a friend of mine knows, you know, that I love all these guys, you know, and so he takes a picture of Alex and is like, hey, your boys are here. They're at, they're at this uh, little I believe event. the word was your heroes. Yeah, your heroes are here. All your <laughs> oh brewing heroes gosh. are here. So I, so I said, <laughs> you're never going to hear us give him that. Al- Alex will have Joe's <laughs> hero. I was, I was just shirts. laughing. It was me, Steve and Brandon. Yeah. And so I sent the picture <laughs> that was, he sent to me to Alex and then Alex went and like found him and then the took a picture right behind me. I was, like, I was like, who's the creep taking a picture from my back? Please. Like, <laughs> let me turn to my side. Yeah, I'm losing weight. Yeah. Suck it in. Suck it in. So then he sends me the picture of him and my buddy, Steve. Like, <laughs> it was good. So yeah, I mean, is there anything you want to cover before before we head out the door? I feel like we covered some good stuff. Get out and support your brewery. Yes, yeah. your local one. I know it's any brewery in it's a Illinois. Difficult situation to go out and have to drink beer and have a good time. Drink but, Illinois. Yeah. Drink Illinois. All of drink it. Illinois beer. The whole thing. Drink local. Hashtag all that. What's the next thing coming up? Phobia or uh, beer under glass? Illinois Craft Beer Week and, and yeah. beer under glass. When kicks does that off May tenth. May tenth. Now, do you guys uh, coordinate with other states or anything like like for the craft brewers conference? Do you guys go be a part of that too? Uh, the one, the national CBC? one. CBC. Yeah, we will be there. Okay. She will be there. So I there's will not. like a Michigan craft brewers. Uh, you guys, do you guys ever deal with like other states kind of version of yourselves? Oh sure. Um, the the Brewers Association will host um, a, a summit for staff, guild staff across the country. Um, that'll and, and they do that at CBC during um, Great American Beer Festival. And then um, uh, when they host their annual hill climb out in DC, we actually spend a day and a half um, in a room with with other guild staff, going over you know best practices, networking, um, uh, you know sharing ideas. Um, so we're regularly interacting. Uh, there's there's also um, you know some groups on on Facebook, um, on Slack, etc. That you know we're all together and yeah, you can just throw out ideas. I mean, when I was interested in, um, I wanted to know like what other states included cider in the definition in their definition of beer and so i just posed that question um on on the 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 facebook group and you know had 25 different responses and so it's it's a really quick and easy way to communicate um and interact with um with the other with with other guilds so it it's really helpful for for us sounds super helpful well we can sign off now, guys. I mean, I appreciate everybody sitting down. Kristen, especially you. I know you're just listening. You don't have a microphone to, you know, take all your credit. Thank you, Kristen. But, uh, but, yeah, thank you for setting it up. And thank you guys for being on here. Thank you for driving an hour, Alex, to come sit with an me. An hour and three minutes. It's an hour and three minutes. God damn it. On a good day. 
on a good day. And thank you guys. Um, yeah, that's it. We can, we can it's been uh, fun. Cheer- Thanks, I, we don't have beers. I'd say cheers uh, normally at the end of an episode. High fives. Uh, high fives. Do like I like high fives. Oh my fives. gosh, I'm picturing high slow motion yeah. high fives right now. Yeah, I like now. high fives. Well, Alex's are actually like gifts to people. Yes. His high fives are like a gift to Consolation people. prizes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Consolation, probably. All right. Well, hour and 45 minutes flies by, right, guys? Man, you, were thinking like, you were thinking like an hour and I'll be out of here. No, we, we had a good conversation. All right. Cheers, guys. We're out of here. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.